0: What's up, bros? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. We are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. Uh, this week on the podcast, we'll be talking about two items in 4K Spotlight uh, one movie we both have seen, and one movie that I'm assuming we both have seen. Uh, but maybe Caleb is watching horror movies without my knowledge, that bitch.
1: Just kidding. <laughs> You know that's not true. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you just wanted to call me a bitch, asshole. <laughs> I did. I, I very much did. <laughs> um, we got nothing for
0: Through the Wall, so after that we'll be moving on to our headliner of the evening, which will be our breakdown of Puss and Boots, The Last Wish. So, Caleb, what do you say we get started?
1: I say let's do it.
2: Hello! My name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary. What worked for it? What didn't? What types of fears does it play off of? Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy. so. I will watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I will have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you want to come check me out, please! Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. Alright, so with 4K
0: Spotlight, we got two movies coming out. The first one being Black Adam, um, which we'll be getting two exclusives. Uh, one being a Best Buy exclusive Steelbook. Is anyone really shocked by that? Um, but I will say, I like the regular 4K cover uh, more than the Steelbook. Because the Steelbook is just like a close-up of The Rock's face with his hood on and his eyes glowing. But the regular 4K cover has him sitting on the throne uh, in like a cool-ass pose. Um, I think that looks way cooler. Dude, it looks freaking sick. Yeah. Um So, see so, yeah, so that's one of the exclusives and then the other one is a Walmart exclusive uh, that comes with a uh so you'll get the 4K uh, 4K copy of Black Adam along with a uh I'm assuming it's a Walmart exclusive Funko Pop or maybe they just put in the reg No, actually no, that one does look different um so yeah so it is an exclusive sorry um so yeah you'll get the 4k copy of black adam along with an exclusive funko pop if you guys want to get that so like i said it's a walmart exclusive um but other than that uh we're just getting the bare bones uh 4k and blue air release um i love that like warner brothers does like the poster art for just the regular Blu-ray, but for, like, when it comes to the 4K, they, like, go all out, and, like, they'll either, like, do, like, the cool-ass teaser posters for these movies, or, like, they'll just, like, make up their own new art. And I love it.
1: Yeah, dude. Um... I will say, with that Walmart one, not super impressed with the uh, pop figure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not either, honestly. Like, I I know... (sighs) I know The Rock has to rock, but I hope with James Gunn just kind of doing a total revamp of the DCU, um, I hope when they do go back, like, go to do um, Black Adam, I hope we get a Black Adam with hair. Yeah, that
0: I, I can agree with that.
1: Like, that's always kind of been, like, the staple. Like, he always kind of has, like, the Vulcan haircut. Yeah. Like, I've always dug that, and then, like, the same thing with, like, the ears. So, like, The Rock not doing any of that shit. Like, obviously just doing, like, a shaved head. Like I said, The Rock's got a rock, but I I was kind of hoping for more. (laughs) That's fair. And honestly... Dude, like I think they freaking hit the nail on the head. The dude who played um, the his son's version of uh, Black Adam, I guess. Yeah, like the, or like the champion. I am well well in the bet that he'd make a really freaking good Black Adam. Like All right. I, like he too. plays a young, he plays a young version of The Rock on the show Young Rock. Um like he plays the the 90s version of him like when he was getting big in the WWE. Oh cool. Yeah, so like has the hair and everything. And so I feel like he'd be a really good fit. But he does kind of have like a Rock like it's so weird to say this but he 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 kind of like acts like The Rock. <laughs> okay. Where his acting ability isn't the best, but I don't know if that's his fault or if it's because he's playing The Rock.
0: <laughs> I mean I don't, I don't know.
1: I mean, have you watched Young Rock? Uh yeah, I've actually How- really enjoyed the that version, is it as good as Young Sheldon? Uh, young Young Sheldon is better. Um, okay. The ro- Young Rock f- is. <sighs> have you ever seen um a Princess Bride? I actually have not. Okay, so like the way that I can best describe Young Rock is it kind of has um that type of storytelling where so like the whole show is run around um randall park interviewing the rock for his uh presidential campaign in 20 whatever okay like somewhere down like in the future and so he's Yeah, so Randall Park is interviewing The Rock, and The Rock is, like, sharing all these stories from different periods of time uh, in his life. So they have, like, when he was a young kid, and his dad was, like, the hot ticket item, and talking about, like, how he grew up around, like, Andre the Giant, and, um, oh, let's see, who else, uh, I'm not super, like, well acquainted with these, with these guys, like, um, Randy Savage. Okay. So, like, how he grew up around those guys, because his dad was, like, one of them, but then made some, like, bad business deals, and then there's, like, a teenage version of him, uh, like, when he was growing up in the 80s and dealing with his dad having been kind of, like, blacklisted from WWF. And, and all of that. And then, so that's like his teen years, like 15, 16 area. And then mm-hmm. they have the older version of him where it's like the early nineties, where it's like, kind of starts off with him, uh, playing football for Miami, uh, eventually going off to Canada and then like picking up his like wrestling career. And like starting it, like they just barely got to the point where he uh, adopted the name The Rock.
0: Oh shit! Okay.
1: Yeah, because his his dad's wrestling name was was Rocky, like Rocky Johnson. Okay. And so the the Rock went by Rocky Maivia, and so everyone just called him Rocky. And so when people would like address him and his dad in public and be like, "Hey, Rocky!" like they they got confused on who was who they were addressing. Mm, okay. And so like he eventually was just like, "Okay, yeah, we need to address that." And so he changed his name to The Rock. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I'm um, like, it, it's cool. Like it's definitely cool, and like. Like, it's a good, like, it's good stories, good storytelling. It's just that yeah. maybe the setup is a bit odd. <laughs> All right. Because it, it's like, because it'll be like on the rock, like talking to Randall. And he's just like, well, like just some big life lesson. Like, oh, like, oh, I don't really do that anymore. Because when I was a kid, this is a lesson that I learned and blah, 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 blah. And then it'll, like get into like the actual story. Gotcha, and okay. so I'm like, that's that feels a, little, a bit annoying. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's okay. Fair. Just get, just get to the story, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. And like, it's it always has to, like revolves around someone doing something. Like right now, like their their whole thing is that he, the Rock, has to go and go to another country because there's a coffee shortage in the U.S. and the main coffee supplier to the u.s is like not wanting to do trade deals and so uh he goes travels to like the the leader of that country and there's just someone that was elected that was like kind of a nobody and having like that imposter syndrome and he's like oh yeah well i felt that and uh like this is how i handled it like dealing with this back in the 90s when i was like doing this this and that with uh wwe or wwf (laughs) And she's like, "Dude, just get to the story." <laughs> <laughs> huh? Okay.
0: So I mean, it's
1: it's good. It's like once you get past the cheesy like rock stuff and get yeah. into like the story, it it's it's pretty good, but not anywhere near close to freaking Young Sheldon. Like I freaking love Young Sheldon.
0: All right. Cool. Uh, the other, uh, new release coming out besides black Adam is pray for the devil. Um, and I did not see this one in theaters, nor do I really have any urge to see it. Um,
1: We talking about it.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, it's still a new release. Um, and I mean, the, the, the cover is like really cool. You got to give it that, um, kind of like freaking. uh, it's like kind of like messed up like you see uh like it's a little girl with like I'm assuming like uh satanic hands going over her face freaking hair going into her mouth and then of course the hands are holding a cross just it's a very busy cover and I kind of love it. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah. Um if you guys want to check out Pray for the Devil comes out as well Tuesday. So yeah, you got Black Adam and Pray for the Devil. So that's it for uh, 4K releases or 4K Spotlight. Um, So Caleb, what do you say we move on to our
1: headliner? I say let's do it.
0: Alright, so, like I said earlier, our headliner of this evening will be our breakdown of Puss and Boots, The Last Wish. But, before we jump into that, uh, we did uh, ask a question of the week. Yeah, we're bringing these back, guys. We're finally bringing them back. Um, and uh, we actually got some responses. So, Caleb, do you have those pulled up?
1: Um, Yes, I am just about to pull those up. Okay, sweet. Maybe. Okay. Um, so, for those of you that don't know... So, we posted this on Twitter and Instagram. I don't think we got any hits on it with Instagram. Let me just j- double check to make sure. But I'm pretty sure it's a it's a no. <laughs> yeah, that is a negative. Nothing on Instagram. Um, but we did get... A few responses over on TikTok. Um, So the question that we asked was. Like in Puss in Boots. The Last Wish. uh, Puss had nine lives. But is down to his last life. So we asked. If you had nine lives. What are some ways that you would lose some of those? Um, And the responses we got are pretty great <laughs> um so the first one we got wasn't really an uh it was a response but i'm gonna read it anyway it was from gummy 8601 uh who just said yay um so we appreciate your response we appreciate your yay yay yeah <laughs> um and then we got some like legitimate answers uh so let's see. We got Kenny with guns too who responded jumping off a bridge because I was curious.
0: You know what I like that.
1: I know, right? Like no That's one wants to say one. like, "Oh yeah, I would totally jump off a bridge," but it's just like I feel like everyone gets that urge just like My- I wonder what it would be like to jump off this bridge. My favorite thing
0: whenever I hear hear that I think of, uh, you know, like the classic uh, Oh, if your friends jumped off a bridge Would you? Like what your mom would say Yeah that Best one I've seen is, yeah, when your mom's like Oh, if all your friends jumped off a bridge Would you? And the kid's just like, hell yeah That's my bro, mom Of course I would <laughs> Those are my boys <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Exactly This is funny shit
1: <laughs> yeah freaking true though yeah. like I I would I feel like I'm definitely not the one that's like I'm not like thinking oh yeah I want to jump off the bridge just like because I feel like that's like a good way to die but it's just like if I feel like I could survive this I I would be willing to try it but yeah that's like unfair. completely understandable with this one <laughs> Um. Let's see. Next one we got was bra moment. Ye. Okay.
0: I like your name.
1: Um. Yeah. I don't know how it's it. Or it's like yeah, bra bra moment. Yeah. I, I don't know what else, how else to like to say that. Just bra moment. Y e, brah um, moment. Yeet. Uh he said, eating fiberglass because yummy cotton candy. Okay, do you know? Do you know what he's talking about? No, I don't. Okay, have you ever seen insulation in a house?
0: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that like okay. the insulation in in the houses are, are usually uh like fiberglass. So that's what he's talking about.
0: Okay. That that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and that's like one of those things. Totally get it, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. As do I <laughs> Oh man. Like dude I can't imagine how horrible that death would be. Because like you would think that the like that that stuff is just like super soft and like fun to play with or whatever, right? Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, that shit will t- like eat your arms up and make you itch like you've never itched in your life. <laughs> you it thought is chicken pox was bad, dude. Like, legit. Like, when I work with that stuff, I have to wear long sleeves. Shit, man. Goddamn. Like, it is wretched if that gets on your skin. But again, it's one of those things that, like, just looks good to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, definitely one of those things. Um, all right. And then our last response comes. From Master underscore underscore master underscore bull 251, who says, Hug as many cacti because I'm curious.
0: Okay, that might be my favorite one, really? Ow, but just ow, I think that's probably why, just because, like. Like, the bridge one I get, but, like, I get you're curious, but why? Like, who the hell wants to hug a cactus? I think that's why it's my favorite. I
1: like, feel like it's just, like, like, cactus are just so oddly shaped. But I feel like... Okay, out of all three of these, it's, like, eating fiberglass might be my favorite, because it's, like, one I totally get. But... <laughs> But the cactus, I've had cactus stuck in my ass before, and it's not fun. (laughs) Okay. I gotta know, how the hell
0: did you get cactus stuck on your ass? We need a
1: story time here. Well, it's not much of a story. It's just I was riding a bike and went to stop. But when I went to stop, it was on dirt. And so it, it was like drifting. And so, okay. like, I tried to turn, to, but I hit a rock, and then I just kind of, like, tumbled over into some freaking cactus. Oh,
0: shit, man.
1: Like I said, nothing fun, yeah. but... <laughs> what? That sounds like, like not, a freaking blast. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it wasn't, like, crazy or anything. It's just riding my bike in the dirt and getting real unlucky with where I landed when I fell. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. But yeah, I will say this. I didn't know I had it in my ass for a while. Like, I knew I fell into a cactus and there was, like, some stuck to my shirt and I, like, pulled those out no problem. But I was yeah. right ride- So, I was riding my bike, like, back to wherever the hell I was. And just kept f- feeling this, like, scratching, like, on my-, on my butt. And I was just like, what the hell? And, like, I was adjusting like and an adjusting just trying to, to get comfortable not realizing that that's what it was and so i adjusted and i like moved in a way and it just kind of pushed the the cactus a little further up my ass and i was like oh, okay <laughs> and so i had like i got off my bike and like realized that it was like right on my freaking pants pocket nice hell yeah man yeah but that that shit lingers <laughs> Oh shit. Oh, anyway. Um, but yeah, that's all the responses we got. So thank you to everyone that responded. Yes, uh, thank we you really very appreciate
0: much. you. Yes, amazing responses, loved it. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, getting on to our review. Uh Caleb, do you want to let people know how we break down uh movies on this podcast?
1: I would love to. Um, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm uh that gives us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar grade as well as a percentage that gives us a uh, official ranking for these movies um The rankings don't really matter as much as the uh the letter grade does, but it's still kind of fun to know where the where they rank within their um their, uh schoolhouse grade, yeah. Um, So yeah, Uh, without further ado, if you have not seen Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, definitely do yourself a favor and go check this one out. Uh, It is currently only available in theaters, um, but is definitely worth the price of admission. Um, So with that, if you listen past this point, Rose is about to spoil the entire movie for you. Uh, so if you listen past this point and it's spoiled, it's your own fault. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, without uh, further ado,
0: Rose? Yeah, reading with Rose. Here we go. All right. After the events of the first film and sometime after Shrek Forever After, Puss in Boots hosts a party in the governor's mansion when an earthen, earthen giant attacks them. He manages to subdue the giant, but is crushed by a bell shortly after. Waking up, he is informed by a doctor that he has all—he only has one life left after dying eight times before. Puss initially brushes it off, but after losing a duel with a black-hooded wolf in a local pub that night, he reluctantly goes to the house of Mama Luna, an elderly cat lady, to be a domesticated pet, seemingly putting his outlaw career to rest. Time passes, and within his new home, Puss has grown a beard and meets an optimistic dog who has disguised himself as a cat to eat the endless supply of food. Their conversation is cut short when Goldilocks and the Three Bears crime family shows up to find him. However, after they find Puss's marked grave, they inadvertently reveal the existence of a wishing star to Puss and that the map will be delivered to Big Jack Horner that night. Seeing it as an opportunity to restore his, li- his lives back, Puss breaks into Jack's factory to steal the map, unexpectedly, unexpectedly reuniting with Kitty Softpaws, who holds a grudge on him after a previous incident at Sa- Santa Columba. After a, squir- after a skirmish with Goldie's group and Jack Horner's goons, they, along with Perito, the dog from the cat home, manage to escape with the map, which instructs them to go to the Dark Forest. Entering the forest, the trio find out that the dimension morphs into different landscapes to whoever wields the map. The dimension transforms into a hellish setting for Puss and Kitty, though it becomes simpler when held by Perito. While riding downstream into the river of relaxation, Puss gets his beard shaved off by Kitty before getting rid of a stick which Perito Perito follows, leading to the latter being captured by Jack. Goldie and her gang gang arrive, and a skirmish ensues. But mid-fight, Puss sees the hooded wolf again and runs off in fear, distracting Kitty and enabling Goldie to obtain the map. Puss reveals and elaborates what happened at Santa Columba to Perito. He left Kitty at the altar, at the town's church, on his wedding day, which she has regretted ever since. Kitty overhears their conversation and reveals that she never came to the altar either, feeling like she could never compete with someone who loves himself more than her. The two manage to reclaim the map from Goldie's group, but Perito is captured by them as the dimension morphs, Puss is accidentally trapped in the Cave of Lost Souls after touching the map and instructs Kitty to retrieve retrieve Perito. Inside the cave, Puss encounters his past lives and the hooded wolf again, who introduces himself as Death and reveals that he wants to obtain Puss's last life as retribution for evading him. Puss cowardly runs away with the map, an act which Kitty and Perito sees from afar. Meanwhile Goldie reveals that she wishes for a human family, much to the bear's dismay. Finally, reaching the star, Puss is about to make his wish but is stopped by Kitty who calls him out for his selfishness. Shortly after, they are interrupted by Goldie and Jack and a fight ensues during which Jack is thrown into his magical bottomless bag by Kitty and Goldie saves Baby Bear when he is almost thrown off the star. Puss encounters death again and a fierce duel erupts between the two. After he boldly stands up to death and defeats him in the clash, the cloaked wolf begrudgingly decides to spare puss remarking that they will meet again before departing just then jack reemerges from his bag having eaten a cookie that makes him grow big and seizes the map from puss and kitty as jack attempts to make a wish perito manages to distract him long enough for long enough for puss kitty and goldie to reclaim and rip the map to shreds causing the wishing star to collapse and killing jack in the aftermath In the the aftermath, Goldie finally accepts being a part of the Bear family while Puss reconciles with Kitty. Sometime later, they, along with Perito, steal a boat from the governor and set sail to new adventures and to reunite with some old friends. (laughs) Yeah, I'll fully admit at the end, uh, when you see the frickin' far, far away in the background, I'm like, Oh my
1: god! I lost my shit. Dude, me too. (laughs) I was just like, there's no way! They freaking set up a sequel! They did! Shrek's coming back! Uh, Dude, I can't wait to hear the announcements on that.
0: Yeah, dude, me either.
1: Oh, man. I'm so pumped. And I I hope they keep the animation style. That's, like, my biggest hope. I hope so,
0: too. Cause yeah, it's so freaking good. Like it's it's so different, and I love it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the animation style works really well for Puss and Boots, just because of how like action packed his his life is. It's going to be interesting to see if they take the same route with a, with a future Shrek project.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I agree that is going to be very i mean but they they did like i know um i saw they pointed out that they did the same thing with uh the bad guys so they so uh this is definitely the uh the road that dreamworks is wanting to start to go down like definitely like try to keep with the animation that they've established but also kind of like add like uh a into the spider verse esque animation to all their projects
1: yeah which i'm honestly not upset about in the slightest
0: no No, i'm not either i'm like this is
1: easily one of my my new favorite like animation style same here same here yeah it's just like i know like the only thing that i'm like hesitant about when at least when it comes to shrike like i said this works really well with puss in boots because it's just action-packed as all hell Bad guys, same deal. Like, it was action-packed, act, like, very action-heavy. Spider-Verse, very action-heavy as well. It just kind of, like, Shrek doesn't scream action-packed to me. That's fair. So, it's just going to be interesting how that animation style works within the Shrek world without making it feel too modern. Or, not modern. Too like muted like if they're not yeah. doing like crazy action with it um but yeah super super freaking pumped but anyway getting like getting into this this breakdown the story for this was really freaking good it it really was um
0: and like I feel it had so many surprises, like, because um, I, I honestly don't know if I, I don't know if I actually watched any of the trailers for this movie or uh, took a look at the poster that well, because when they did the whole, like, freaking, like, Goldilocks and the three bears, that just came out of freaking nowhere for me, and the freaking three bears scared the ever-living shit out of me. When they were first introduced, because I straight up thought that they were just going to be like, like, just like three slaves to, a to Goldilocks. Um, yeah, I know. I that's like, what I thought too. I was just like, this is like, going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. The, like, damn, y'all are going like really dark and you know what? I kind of love it. Um, but then, you know, of course that that's not the direction they go, but you know what? That's okay because the direction they do go with the bears is, is great. Um, But yeah, just, just that, um, I, I had no idea who, uh, Jack Warner was, um, I've never, I've never, uh, read the fairy tales of him, um, so he was a brand new character for me and fantastic character, fantastic villain. Freaking all the villains in this movie are fantastic, especially the wolf death. Um, I remember a reviewer I saw pointed out that uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, that uh, character could give kids
1: nightmares. And yeah, I absolutely agree. That's some scary Hundred percent. Yeah, was Iris okay after this movie? <laughs> she was actually fine. Um, okay, that's good. Like, I think she, like, she reckon, like, so for those of you that don't know, I took Iris, my two year old daughter, uh, to go see this movie with. Like to go see this movie. Um, and I think she was able to recognize that he was a villain. Um, like she, like she just kind of had that like really good instincts when it comes to that. And I think it's just a matter of how he was animated too. Like he was very scary and she was like, she wasn't like super scared. Like she wasn't trying to hide or anything when he came on screen, he he was an intimidating figure for her because I could tell she'd be like, Ooh, but it wasn't anything that like scared her.
0: That's good. That I'm glad to hear that.
1: Yeah. Like I, I think she recognized him as the bad guy because when he was fighting puss, um, he was like, she was very like, Oh no, like watch out. And doing that sort of thing. And, but yeah, like she, she did so well with this movie. Like she did even better with this movie than Minions. That's awesome. Yeah, she she did awesome. Like now this is going to be like any kids movie that we do from now on. I'm taking her with me.
0: Yes. I love it. Was there a lot of people in your screen or screening? Uh, you know?
1: surprisingly, no. So it so, I went to go see this. Like, I try to choose a time at least when I take Iris, a time that is somewhat inconvenient to people. Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like Tuesdays are usually like the 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 cinema is like busy days especially if you you live in an area where that do like five dollar tuesdays which our area does um but i went to the local amc which is already an unpopular theater but we went to the 11 o'clock showing which i feel like it was like the first showing for for puss and boots so i feel like that's just Like, 11 is just kind of, like, the perfect time where I know I could get Iris up and out the door, but I feel like other people wouldn't be able to do that with their kids, and they, like, usually try to go for a time that's a little bit later, like, around sometime afternoon. Like, I think 11 is just, like, really pushing it for kids. Um, so that's where I thought, I'm like, okay, I, I I feel like I have a decent shot at getting into a good viewing uh, at 11, and which we did, because we were the only ones in the theater um, other than, like, one other guy. Okay, cool. That was, like, a little shady.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Oh.
1: Yeah, like, he came in, and I just, I got a little bit nervous, because he was just, like... He came in with like his, wearing a hoodie with sunglasses, like dark sunglasses, and I'm like, "Why are you doing that, bro?" Yeah,
0: that that okay, He's throwing up some red flags.
1: Yeah, some major red flags. And so what I did, this is this is going so I I gave Iris her ticket, which she dropped somewhere, which I'm super upset about. I wish I. I, I want to do, like, something where, like, for her, where I keep all of her, all of the tickets for the movies that I take her to.
2: Aww. Um,
1: and I want to do that with, like, both my kids. I haven't found out, like, exactly what I want to do with it yet. Um, like, I was talking to Brielle, and she said that um she had a friend where they went to movies, like, every week. Uh, during like one summer, and so she made like a picture frame, but then like mod podged all of the the movie tickets onto the frame. Dude, that's so cute. Yeah, right. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but I want to do something like better. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I I don't know exactly what I want to do, and it's like I I need it needs to be something that I can replicate because I want to be able to do it with both of my kids. Yeah. Or like all of them, I guess, if we have more than 2. Um I was going to say is this like um like bro, are you
0: like announcing on this podcast that um something's happening? N- no, not yet. Okay. <laughs> I was like cuz um I can't believe you didn't tell me before we recorded. Like, this is how I find out? Like, wow. No, you, you, you'd you find out, kidding. like, day
1: one. <laughs> yes. But anyway, like, I want to do something. So if any of you that, like, have ideas on something I could do, like, I, I what I'm going to do for now is, like, build a little bit, like, a little box or something that I can store all of the tickets in. But okay. I want to I do something with the tickets. I just don't know what yet. Yeah, okay.
2: Like, dude. I still have our aw, tickets that's gonna from... that's going to be so
1: cute. Yeah, I know, right? And, like, I want to, like, give it as a birthday gift when they, like, are, like, 18 or something like that.
0: Yeah, oh dude, that's going to be so cute. I love this idea.
1: Yeah, but it's just, like, movies are kind of, like, my big thing. Yeah. Like, the, the, the thing that I, like, go to do a lot And so, like, my plan kind of has to revolve around going to see lots of movies with them. Yeah. Like, a a frame, like, like the whole frame thing, like, it's a decent idea. But with how many movies we would go, like, me and my kids would go to see, it's just way too many to fit on, like, one frame. No, man, I get you. So, yeah, I'll like I said I I'll, I'll have a way to store them but I need a I need a way to like present them or to sure. like just like a display for them yeah so yeah like I said if anyone has an idea let me know <laughs> but anyway getting back to like the whole big bad wolf thing like she was a- like I said she was able to recognize the big bad wolf as the villain um, gotcha. she d- was able to do the same thing with like Jack Warner and she was a little, I think she got a little confused by Goldilocks.
0: That's understandable.
1: I-, I completely
0: understand that.
1: Yeah. But I mean, she, she did like enjoy the funny moments with them, yeah. um, so that was that was kind of fun for for me to see but yeah. Oh. But yeah, it, it's I think that may have been my only like real big issue with this story is it it f- felt like it got very crowded.
0: I I see where you're coming from with that. I don't know for me it didn't really feel that way. Um like, I feel every everything that they they had to cover made sense. Um, like, it made sense that we had basically three villains, even though Goldilocks and Three Bears, like, they were kind of... How the hell would you explain them? Like, I guess they were villains, but not at the same time?
1: Yeah, I mean, they did have some antagonistic qualities to them. But, I don't know. It, it, It was odd. So, like, for those of you that don't know, like, Goldilocks and the Three Bears were after this map that led them to The Last Wish. And the Three Bears didn't know what Goldilocks was going to wish for, because she's just kind of the ringleader. But... Goldilocks was wanting to wish for a real family. It's like, Ugh, that's got to hurt.
0: Like when she said that, I'm like, damn.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just like holy shit.
0: Look, all I'm saying is they could have eaten you when they f- they caught you uh, you know, eating their porridge and you know, sleeping in their beds, but they didn't. They took you in. And then you're going to slap them in the face with, "Oh, I actually want a real family. I want humans." It's like,
1: damn. Dude, I think what got me in the feels was when Mama Bear was just like, okay, like, like, it." you could tell that it, like, hurt her, but she's like, if that's what will make you happy, like, that's what will help you do. And I'm Like, that good. was very sweet. Like, dude, that freaking was just an emotional gut punch. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good scene. Like, oh, man, like, that just hurts your hurt my feels, like, so (laughs) bad. Oh, that was rough. But, (laughs) anyway, it's like... Yeah, like, you understand, like, the appeal of this, like, The Last Wish. I think it would (sighs) have... I think we needed a bit more foreshadowing that that's the that that was the goal from goldilocks because it it, yeah i don't feel like we got to sit with that enough
0: that's fair at least not in the way
1: that we got to sit with jack warner and his wish yeah where it was very obvious jack warner wanted to like put an end to magic or not an end he wanted to like have the only magic in the world. Um, So we, we knew. Kind of from the get go. That that was his ultimate goal. True. It's just. And then Goldilocks was just a little up in the air. It was very. I like. Per- I thought like initially. That she was going to wish for. Like. Her and the three bears to be Like the big crime bosses like because like the way that she was saying like oh i'm just gonna wish for everything to be just right it's like okay what does that mean but then it just kind of felt like oh yeah we're doing crime so it's i'm like okay so they just like wanting to wish for being like a crime boss or what's the deal with that did it ever crush your mind
0: um it was just me that like maybe her just right would have been her wishing that she could also be a bear
1: I did um I did not anticipate yeah. that as a uh, a possibility huh. I mean honestly okay I will say at that moment
0: I did not think of that but I just barely thought of that
1: like that would have been an interesting take
0: yeah that really would have
1: <sighs> especially with like no one getting a wish yeah like that would have been a really interesting thing to to explore like maybe she like was going to wish for that to like finally be because ooh because they did kind of like lead up to that where baby bear kept telling her like oh you're not a bear like he brought that up like I think he brought it up a couple times where he's like oh you're not a bear like like you're not a bear you're not a bear so ooh that would have been a good one. What the hell, DreamWorks? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, like that. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. I think that like that would have worked really well because, like, maybe that like that was their whole thing that maybe she didn't feel like fully accepted because she wasn't a bear. Because it felt like she had, like, the emotional attachment to them where it was like she viewed them as family because she called them Mama and Papa and, like, called him Baby Bear. Yeah. So, yeah. Ooh. That, that's, a, damn, that would have been a really interesting thing to explore. And that would have been a really good use of the wish. Yes absolutely agree, but so, so nice. yeah but anyway, like I said the like my my issue was just near the end it felt very busy, especially like with the jack Warner thing mm. I think it just was it just it felt very crammed like just packed full of of issues cuz it's like they they like number one they had to resolve the issue with Jack Warner, Goldie Locks and the three bears and then immediately after they had to fix the issue with the with death like in the big bad wolf so it, it just felt like okay there's a lot going on here so yeah. I think that's I think that's like I said that's my only issue with the story is that near is the the conclusion of it felt very quick in its in the way that it it concluded the story um so yeah i'm not sure where i'm sitting with my story grade though what like what are you thinking um i'd say i'm pretty high like
0: honestly overall like it was a really good story for a sequel um definitely dove a lot more into Puss in Boots as a character, um, had some really good, uh, villains, and it was great to see Kitty Softpaw's back, um, so,
1: I think I'm gonna go, like, a 91. Oh, wow. I don't think I'm quite in the 90s yet, like, it just with my, my issues. Mm-hmm understandable but i i am fairly high like i might be in like the 80 89 range
0: all right
1: fair enough like i said it's super close like the rest of the story was just was pure perfection like i feel like the the way that we traveled through the different instances of like puss in boots were were really good like, we had, like, the top of his game, like, puss, and then we moved on to the living in fear and just, like, in a total shit show of a, of a life version yeah. of Puss in Boots back to, like, a motivated to obtain a certain goal. And then just dealing with all of the, like, the issues from his past when it came to, like, Kitty Softpaws. Yeah. And just, like, all that, those, those issues. And, like, I feel like the only one that felt, like, out of place was Jack Warner. Like, story-wise. Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. But, I mean, he did make a pretty decent villain. (laughs) He really did. Um, there is an interesting, like, thought, though, that I just had. (laughs) Hmm. Um, I wanted to look up real quick just to see if they were ever addressed. Because you remember in the first Shrek movie, the three bears were in that.
0: Oh, yeah, they were. Yeah, because yeah, Baby's Crying is just like, this cage is too small.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if, like, Goldilocks was in that movie at all. It doesn't seem like she was. Like, I just looked up Damn. Goldilocks and the Three Bears Shrek and... Nothing. Nothing. No, like, no Goldilocks, but definitely, like, the Three Bears. So, that that's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, that really is.
1: So you can kind of tell there's no real continuity there. I don't think. I wonder if they, like, talked about the like those models, like, at all. Because in, in that version, so Mama Bear has a, like, a pink, Um, I don't even know what kind of hat that would be, like a beret. And in the Shrek movie, she has, like, a pink bow
0: i think i'm remembering this from the first shark.
1: yeah this might be different bears because i think okay so from what i can see papa bear has like old man spectacles on and mama bear has a pink bow but then there's another there's another picture with mama bear and she's like a stuffed rug
0: Oh yeah, I remember that
1: <laughs> What's that which one's that from though?
0: <laughs> oh, what is that one on? Was that the third? Oh no. Or was it the fourth?
1: Uh nope, that's still the first. A few wait. Really? In the scene where Shrek's donkey takes a look around and sees other fairy tale creatures being captured and taken away, among those, the three bears with Papa and Mama Bear in one cage and Baby Bear in another. Later on, when, Shre- when when Shrek finds all of these characters at his swamp, the camera shows Papa and Baby Bear together in front of a bonfire with Baby Bear crying. A few minutes later, a shot of Lor Farquaad's bedroom shows a bearskin rug with the same pink bow Mama Bear was wearing in the first scene. That, oh yeah, my! That's God. Where, <laughs> yeah. It's so effed up. However, she appears alive and well in Shrek Karaoke Dance Party, a musical short included on the Shrek VHS before the credits, and set during the last scene of the movie before Shrek and Fiona leave on their honeymoon. <laughs> okay. So, that doesn't make a lick of sense. So, uh, whatever. I, I guess you can't really trust Shrek continuity. <laughs> no, you, you, you
0: really can't. Um, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, good lord. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, anyway. But, yeah, sticking with uh, with writing. This was was really well written
0: yeah um it really was super solid jokes especially adult jokes like i one i was not expecting to hear Puss in boots say hell that like yeah. i know took that took me, me off rest. guard too and then the fact that they kept like cutting they would uh cut out before they would say something like i think there's a part where kitty soft buzz is just like well this is a load up and then like someone cuts her off yeah. they did like a couple times for her and post it was freaking hilarious I loved it um but oh my dude I got so happy when they still had the all oh, cat that made me so freaking happy when he made an appearance I'm like yes <laughs> that's like the biggest thing that I wanted from the, from the first movie so thank you so much for that I appreciate
1: that. Dude, I am so upset that that was in one of the trailers that I watched. It what? Oh, dude, I'm so glad I didn't watch any of the trailers. Oh. Yes. I it makes me so I, happy. I was still, like, thrilled that he was in this movie. <laughs> you can't have a Puss in Boots movie without the All Cat. Like, come on. Dude, totally agree. And, um gosh, like, starting off, I thought the dog was going to be, like, super annoying. I did, too. But he just, like, start, like played a sweetheart. <laughs> like, yeah. every scene that he was in, I was just like, oh, I really love you.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Especially the whole, like, when he's just like, are you sure you don't want to rub my belly? It's therapeutic. I'm like, oh, God.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I love that he actually, like, got to perform that therapy dog role yes that was awesome um like for those of you that don't know um or that haven't seen it uh puss starts to either hallucinate or starts to see um the big bad wolf that's coming for him um and kind of has a like a big old like a big panic attack Where he's like running away from him, but is just like just scared to death, and you, um, and the dog, what's his name, Perito, yeah, Perito, yeah, um, comes and and finds him in the woods, and he's like laying under a tree, and he's like hyperventilating, just breathing very very heavy, just (sighs) and then Perito comes and like lays on his stomach and lays on like Puss in Boots' stomach and like slowly calms him down and tries to like talk with him and basically acting as a therapy dog. And it like that was just like just a such a sweet moment and a, a moment like I like set in reality. I feel like. That kind of grounded Puss in Boots as a character. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, so I mean that's something that can also be like discussed in within like character development, but I feel like it was a very important written scene. Yeah, and then just like the rest of of everything that they that they did with um. Like, I love what they did with the opening, where how boisterous he is, and, like, singing his, like, Fearless Hero song, and, like, just going, like, absolutely crazy on that that giant that came into (laughs) his town, and... Like, everything, like, it was just so smartly written. Like, just, like, it's on the same level as I, f- I feel like Shrek is. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I, s- I swear, like, one of the
0: writers of the first one came back for this one.
1: Um, Let's find out. So, do you think he did, like, the, s- the story by...
0: So, yeah, so it says the head so uh well wait. Oh, they changed directors? Okay, never mind. well Because it was said like it says it was announced that the film would be helmed by Bob Persichetti, uh the head of story of the first film and one of the three directors of Sony Picture Sony Animation Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but then it says in February 2019, Crawford uh Crawford was later announced as the new director. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Wow, I'm effing this up. I'm sorry. So, Bob Perischetti was announced in February of 2019, but then uh, it was changed to Crawford um, in uh, March of 2021. Along with Mercado, who was the head of story on the first film. Okay, there we go.
1: Okay. So, the writers for this... Um. So the story was by Tommy Swerdlow and Tom Wheeler. Love so the, that. they wrote the story. So Tommy Swerdlow, uh, has worked on. So he w- did the screenplay for The Grinch. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Um, and he also did the screenplay for Little Giants and Snow yeah, Dogs. Sure. Okay, that's throwback right there. Yeah, right? And so the other writer or the story by writer was Tom Wheeler, and he's actually done some really good stuff too. Um so he did or so he worked on the the first Puss in Boots movie. Uh he did the screenplay for the Three Diablos Puss in Boots sh- short. I never saw that. Um, He did the Lego Ninjago movie, which wasn't half bad.
0: Yeah, I I enjoyed that one.
1: Uh, He also wrote the story for Dora and the Lost City of Gold. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, and then the other writer, uh, or the screenplay writer, Paul Fisher, he worked on the, the Puss in Boots TV series. Uh, he yeah, also worked on the yeah. He also worked on the N- Lego Ninjago movie.
0: Okay.
1: He wrote the screenplay for the Croods and New Age, and he also worked on Flushed Away.
0: All right. Very nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, so the so it doesn't seem like any of them worked on like previous like Shrek material. Like it's always kind of been Puss in Boots related, or like yeah. Like the Lego movies, but the Lego movies are also like really well written. That is very true. They really are. God, those
0: are so enjoyable.
1: Yeah, they are. Um so yeah, I personally feel like their writing was just was top notch. It really was. Would you go higher than story? I might be where you were at with story. I might be sitting at like a ninety one
0: I think, you know what, I'm going to give my story and writing the same, so I'm going to match you with a 91 as well.
1: All right, next up we got voice acting. Um, so first we got Antonio Banderas, who voiced Puss in Boots. We have Salma Hayek, who voiced Kitty Softpaws. Uh, Harvey Guillen who voices Parito. Florence Pugh, who voices Goldilocks. John Mulaney, who voices Jack Horner. Wagner Mora, who voices the Big Bad Wolf. Ray Winstone, who voices Papa Bear. Samson Kao, who voices Baby Bear. And then Olivia Colman, who voices Mama Bear. Like, there wasn't a huge... um a huge list for like this cast. Like it was a pretty like well compacted cast.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Like honestly, like, so those were like the main people and then the rest of the, the cast, like the only like big ones that like, and it's not even like the, the actors being big, it would just be like, the um bonus characters like we got Pinocchio and yeah. the gingerbread man yeah oh God it was so great seeing those two together or not together just seeing those two yeah I freaking loved them and then like the other the rest of them were the uh, the Baker's dozen gang members yeah which I mean this movie probably didn't spend a whole lot on like just the cast. So, probably saved a lot of money going that way. But, I freaking, this cast, dude, they were incredible. They really were, like, oh my god, so good. Yeah, and especially, like, so, I mean, there are three actors that had never done voice work before. That did incredible work. Um. So, do you have the cast list pulled up? I do. Take a shot at who you feel like didn't do, like who hasn't done voice work before. Uh, I think Florence Pugh is one of them. Yeah, she's she's definitely one of them. Okay. Uh,
0: this is just a shot in the dark Wagner Mora damn <laughs> <Yep>. wait really
1: <laughs> yeah holy shit damn <laughs> I would have believed that he'd been doing it forever yeah so he, he voices voiced the big bad wolf and yeah his performance was incredibly terrifying
0: yeah um uh, last one's hard. Um Alright, shot in the dark, Olivia Coleman.
1: No. Uh damn. it was actually Ray Winstone.
0: Son of a bitch, that was gonna be my second.
1: <laughs> God damn it.
0: So close. <laughs> I was almost three for three.
1: Yeah, but I mean, dude, for never having done voice work before, those three were incredible. Dude, straight up, oh my god. Yeah, like Florence Pugh, dude. Like th- there hasn't been a single thing that she's been in that I've disliked. Same here. Same here. Um, I actually just recently re-watched uh Don't Worry, Darling. And she's very much the best part of that movie. She's definitely not the problem with it. <laughs> have you seen it? No, I haven't. Ooh, I've just heard yeah, it's not that it, good. It's not. Um, have you ever seen the Stepford Wives? No, I've not. Shit. Okay, it, it's basically a remaking of that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like it's total bullshit. <laughs> anyway um yeah for her first voice acting performance dude like absolutely blown away um so who let's uh let's say top three like what would your top three for this movie be uh
0: okay number three Got to give it to Florence Pugh as Goldilocks. Oh my god! Like everything that you said, just, she was fantastic, and I was caught off guard by like how freaking good she was.
1: Um, did you uh, know that that was her going into, or that she was in this movie? Or I did
0: not. Like I'm just like the voice sounds so familiar. Um, but then finally
1: when the credits started rolling, I'm like, son of a bitch! Yeah, it was Florence Pugh. Yeah, I. I was actually, I was, I picked up her voice, like, pretty early on. Like, it took a minute. I was just like, that sounds, like, really close to Florence Pugh. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't pick it up
0: at first, but.
2: Is it just, you, like, just so had used. a hard
1: time putting the name to
0: it? I don't know. Maybe I'm just so used to her talking her in her Yelena voice that whenever she, like, actually does her, her real voice, it kind of throws me
1: off that's understandable um just because i like when i think of like how she talks like i always think of like little women because that was like one of my first introductions to her that's that's fair it was like little women and then i had just watched like don't worry darling so like in that she she uh had an american accent
0: yeah oh okay
1: and so that was pretty easy to, like... It was it was easy to pick up on. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, like, if I had only known her from, from Black Widow, yeah, I think that might have thrown me off. <laughs> uh, number two, got
0: a gift to John Mulaney as Jack Horner. Oh, my God. I, lo- I love him when he plays villains. He's so freaking good as it. And I will say, like, when it comes to, like, the two, like, animated roles that he played this year... His voice definitely makes more sense coming out of Jack Horner than it did Chip. Um, don't get me wrong; I liked him as the voice of Chip, but this the, this voice makes a lot more sense coming out of the character. Um, and just he's so diabolical, he's so evil, and just I I loved him so much in this role. Um, so that's my number two, and then number one, I of course got to give it to Antonio Banderas coming back to play Puss in Boots, fantastic as ever. You can still tell that he gives his heart and soul to this role and uh i once again had such a great time just hearing his fantastic voice coming out of this amazing character
1: oh yeah um definitely i'm giving my number one to antonio banderas he just inhabits the voice of puss in boots so freaking well like Anytime anyone will bring up Puss and Boots, like that's immediately who I think of. Like it's it's always it will forever be Antonio Banderas for me.
0: Uh, oh, same, absolute same.
1: Like every time, like someone like brings him up, I just like my instant reaction is all like always hearing the pray for mercy from. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, love. Love, love, love! Antonio Banderas' Puss in Boots, so definitely my number one. Uh, My number two is actually going to go to. This one's—it's honestly, it could be a coin flip for me, but I think we gave it to Wagner Mora, who plays the big bad wolf.
0: Ooh, yeah! Excellent choice.
1: He has such an intimidating voice.
0: He does, like, oh my god.
1: It, like, I don't know what it, what, like, if they altered his voice at all, or, like, what they did, but it's just, the way that he spoke, like, his voice isn't, like, super deep, like, where how you would think, like, the Big Bad Wolf would talk, it's just, has just a, a shadiness to his his voice that's just mind-boggling, it's just unnerving. Like, when you hear him speak and, like, the way that it, like, sends the chills down Puss in Boots' uh, spine and, like, makes his hair stand up on end, it's just, like, it does the same to you. Like, I felt myself getting chills when he would talk. It was just, who freaking mind-boggling. And, just, and to know that this is his first voice acting performance, dude what <laughs> that is freaking insane yeah if he doesn't i would be genuinely upset if we don't get to see hear him in more villain roles as time goes on oh,
0: dude same yeah i'm gonna be pissed honestly
1: yeah so oof. oof so good so freaking good <sighs> my number three like this is another like kiddie it's probably like a three-way coin flip for me on this one. Like for my number three spot. Because it could easily go to Florence Pugh, who voices Goldilocks, and John Mullaney, who plays Jack Horner. But I am actually going to give it to Harley Gwilin or Gillen, however you say that, who voices Purito. Okay, I like it. I just love the the innocence that he's able to portray from like just from his voice. Like it almost gave me like Josh Gad's Olaf vibes.
0: Yes, oh, I absolutely agree with you on that one.
1: Yeah, so I freaking loved what he was able to to do, and I. I don't know if I've ever heard him voice it, like, let's see who else he's done. Like, if he's done any other, like, voice work. Yeah, he he hasn't really had anything that's, like, big. Like, he's done a, a decent amount of voice work. It's just not any big roles. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's like anything. Yeah, it's it's all just like t- like weird little voice moments or just like really small roles, and then he's only like in a few episodes of some some stuff. Hmm, okay, but yeah, like Perito is yeah, so good. Freaking loved his voice with this. Well, like I said, three way coin flip between Florence Pugh and John Mullaney. That's fair. That's that's completely fair. Uh, so yeah, that's my uh, my top three. Nice, Very nice. Um, so, what would you give your uh, your acting score?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's pretty high.
1: I mean, it's it's.
0: Wow, sorry, I had to, like, brain fart there. Um, not, like, honestly, everyone was great. Um, I really didn't have any problems with the cast. Um, I, everyone was great. If Like, if I can think of, like, when it comes to, like, main cast members, like, w- maybe, like, the one that, like, didn't really stand out that much to me, maybe Salma Hayek, but she still did an amazing job as Kitty Softpaws, just like she did in the first Puss in Boots. Um, so that's really, I'm not docking her for that cause she still brought her a game. It's just some characters and their voices kind of outshined her. Um, so, you know, honestly, think about a 90.
1: I am not quite in the 90 range. Um, I think a lot of my my issues come from the extras, which obviously they're extras. They're not going to dog it too much, Um, but I definitely agree with you where for someone who's supposed to be one of the main side characters like Kitty Softpaws, I feel like she shouldn't have been outshined as much as she was. But I mean, if you, if you, if you're talking where salma hayek is considered the weakest link from this cast like that just talks to how incredibly strong this movie is with its cast yeah um so i'm i'm probably sitting at around like an 87 with acting um, Alright, moving on over to character development. Um, obviously, we're going to be doing this off of Puss in Boots and his story arc. Um, what did you think of of this? Like, this uh, different take of Puss?
0: I loved it. Um, I honestly... This was such a great idea for a sequel. That Puss in Boots is on his last life. And, like, him having to realize how he wants to spend that that last life and then you know him bringing in the last wish and you know if if he can get it he wants his nine lives back but then at the ending realizes that you know the one life that he has been given the last one is what's been laid out on his on his table with kitty softpaws and purito that's the kind of life that he wants that's that's where he'd be happy and that's how he really wants to spend his last life and so seeing him lead up to that um you know going through the, the fear of death the uh having to reconcile with kitty Softpaws, um making uh befriending Perito, um i i feel it's a very strong character arc um especially for puss in boots like honestly i didn't think that a side character from the shrek movies could have such a strong character arc um but lo and behold here we are um and like honestly any everything that happened to him in this movie did not feel out of character at all um it made sense of uh, the decisions that he made um yeah it's, i i feel it was a very good character arc and uh on uh honestly uh, i feel he had a very jeez a uh, better character arc in this sequel than he did have in the first one, so.
1: Dude, absolutely agree. Like, for a children's movie, like, they went into some, like, dark spaces.
0: They really did.
1: Like, hell, I feel like if you were to take, like, younger, like, kids that are obviously older than mine, but somewhere unlike. like... Like, maybe eight through ten, maybe. Like, I feel like this is a movie that would make them question their mortality.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, right? Seriously.
1: <laughs> as weird as, as that is to say, but it's like, like you said, like, the, this is like the perfect place for them to take a character like puss in boots who just seems bigger than life like immortal like the person that like oh a, not a single blade has ever touched puss in boots like like i said someone who's become a like a symbol a legend of sorts and what happens when that legend realizes they're not untouchable and it's just it's unsettling yeah and i think they portrayed it in like a really solid way where it's like he's not dealing with it in a healthy way like he's he's more or less running from it he's running from his own mortality he's realizing the error of his ways when he's confronted with these past lives of of his um where he's running from these things that might alter what he perceives himself to be, where it's this legend where that's why he ran away from Kitty Softpaws, uh, at the like, why he left her at the altar, even though she admitted that he she wasn't even there. <laughs> that was freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, but not yeah, out of it, character at all for either, and I loved that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, it's like, he didn't want to tie himself down because that's not what the legend would do. He wouldn't tie himself down. But he eventually worked to this place where he realized the errors and was just like, yeah, I I made a mistake with that. Like, I, I should have gone. Like, I shouldn't have left her there. And... Realizing that he should have taken better care of his... like Realizing the reckless and foolish ways of his past lives. And just taking all of that to become someone completely different from how he started with like willing to take death on, like head on. So it's... It was a really good arc, especially for a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Like, it was so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, like, it's one of those, it's just, like, it it hits you deep, dude. And, it like, really does. Especially, like, the other issues. Like, I will say this, like, if they dropped the ball anywhere, it's they dropped it on Jack Horner just being evil for evil's sake. But Puss made up for that tenfold, and then you have the like that arc of Goldilocks, like wanting a, wanting a family, like wanting a real family, or like or whatever. So I mean, they they dealt with those like big topics of like adopted families and mortality in such like a, a strong and powerful way. Like it's almost. Hard to believe that they came out of a of a child's movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously.
1: <laughs> yeah, so <sighs> this is probably one of the highest score. I think I'm sitting at like a ninety four for character development. Oh, I can so match you on that. Alright, next up we got effects, with, which is, with this being an animated film, it's more just talking about the animation, which was flawless. Oh, beautiful. Like, Oh my god. Dude, the, this animation worked s- so well for someone like Puss in Boots.
0: Yep, it really did. Oh god, I loved it.
1: Like, oh my gosh. Dude, even compared to the first one, like the the first Puss in Boots movie, this animation makes a world of difference. Like, with everything. Like, the colors of, of Puss are just... are way more vibrant. He he's like animated in in a way that just makes everything about him pop
0: especially the fur like oh my god
1: yeah I mean hell with me it was the freaking eyes too
0: oh my god when they were having that freaking like freaking sad eye off wow the sad eyes off that was freaking amazing
1: (laughs) yeah Dude, I feel like this animation style like I said this is my new favorite animation style, just period. But it just it makes the action that um that everyone performs feel more like comic booky. Yes. In a in a great way or even like an anime sort of way. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Where, I mean, you have those, like, those motion, the line motions, or where it's just, like, an instant pop-off. Where it feels like there's more energy behind the movement. And then, like I said, just the vibrancy of the colors just worked incredibly well. But these the, there's still, like, some sort of, like, realistic vibe to them where they're not going so outside of the realm of it doesn't it like it feels like they're trying to stay true to their their original character design just amping it up a little bit because like you could still see the individual furs on Puss and Boots's body and like yeah. Kitty Softpaws and all that like you can st- like you can see the textures it's just when it came to motion it's like they they went like a really interesting route. Like, especially when he was like in the beginning when he's fighting the giant. Like the giant is is making these big sweeping motions, but he's moving at like a slower frame rate. So it feels more like cartoony. But yeah. in a good way. <laughs> like, oh, it's so hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> But then it's, like, with the, like, how I would explain it is when it's, when it's maybe slower paced, where they're not, like, rushing or anything, the, the, uh, the movement of the characters feels very fluid, very smooth, and very, like, like, high frame rate. And then it's like boom, action, action sequence. They're running, they're jumping, they're doing this, they're doing that. Like they're going like just crazy. Like they lower the frame rate, so it kind of has that that same vibe that Into the Spider Verse feels. Yeah. So it's oh, it's like I freaking loved it. <laughs> like I have nothing bad to say about the animation whatsoever. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, so, I don't know about you, <laughs> but I'm sitting at a solid hundred for effects. <laughs> I can match that, man.
0: No problems at all.
1: Alright, uh, what do you got for music? Uh, I mean, the number
0: that they open with, uh, what is it? Your uh... The Our Fearless Hero? Yes, um, was that like the only song that like they actually sung in the movie?
1: Yes. Okay. Like um, it, that was sung. They had some other like songs throughout. Yeah. Um, but um, that was the only one that they like sung.
0: No, that that was really good. Um, all of the um, honestly, the whole soundtrack I feel I feel was really good. It matched the the movie. Um. I'll admit it, I felt it wasn't anything special, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't good. It was very good. It it matched the scenes that it needed to, and yeah, I don't know what else to say. It it was a really good soundtrack.
1: It was a really solid soundtrack, and like the Fearless Hero is something that got stuck in my head, so I, I have to give some bonus points for that, but the rest of the soundtrack, like you said, worked well. Um, wasn't anything too spectacular. So, where where do you think you're sitting with music? I'm at like a seven. A seven? Yeah. Oof. I'm personally at an eight, but I mean, you give I it can... s- no, you, like you you can give it the score you want. No, nah, like, I, I can I give think, it an like, eight. The the only reason I'm at an eight is because of how catchy I found that one song to be. That, you know what? You got a good point. I'll match you with an 8. Okay. Alright, next up we got costumes. But with this being an animated movie, we're going to be talking about character design. Yes. Um, and holy, like, first off, Puss in Boots, incredible looking. As always. Yeah, I mean, he, like, ever since his introduction from, what was it, Shrek 2? Yep. Yeah, ever since that introduction of his to, the like, the cinema, it's, he has had an iconic look about him. And this movie's no different. Like, honestly, like, I think he looks better in this movie than he has in, like, anything else.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree.
1: Like and that's just like the 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 step up in the in the animation style. Um, going through the other characters, Kitty Softpaws again. Like they kind of went with like the same character design. She looked amazing. Um, I actually think they went a little bit more vibrant with her eyes. I think they did too. Yeah. Like her eyes just stand out a a lot more and. I think my only complaint with Kitty Softpaws is, like, you can't really tell when she has her mask on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I completely agree with
1: that. Um, but, I mean, whatever. Like, that's not a, a big complaint whatsoever. So, I, I think her design is on, on spot. Uh, Perito is freaking adorable. Like, it's just supposed to be this ugly looking little chihuahua. <laughs> And, like, he's, like, so ugly, but so cute at the same time, it's, like, so hard to feel, like, where he's, where he's sitting. Do you feel like Cassie in Ant-Man?
0: He's so ugly, I love him.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, but those are like just the main three. But that's not even talking about everyone else that they freaking had in this, like Goldilocks. Goldilocks.
0: Yeah, I loved her design.
1: I did too. I love that they didn't give her just like the classic, like, like long hair or just like kind of done up. Like they did something, intre- like they kind of went with a like a super extreme version of like her- the Hocus Pocus haircut. With Winifred. Yeah, they did. But it works for her, like, especially for her character. Yeah. Like, I love that. The three bears, like, were iconic. Like, they each had their own vibe, and, like, Mama Bear having, like, the pink beret, Papa Bear being, like, all torn up and scarred, and then Baby Bear just kind of having, like, a fresh face and just being a little bit like smaller than everyone else, yeah, like that looked amazing. Like I could pick those out of a freaking lineup anywhere. <laughs> and then talking about like the villain, the freaking big bad wolf is freaking nightmare fuel in the Dude, best possible straight. way. Yeah, absolutely agree. Like, I'm bummed out that he's we're probably never going to see him again. (laughs) Yeah, I am too. So, yeah, his character design was good. Freaking Jack Horner's was too. It, like... (sighs) DreamWorks has a really hard time letting me down when it comes to character design. Oh, same here. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a single... I'm going to Google real quick just to make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. What? Okay. I, i now that I'm like looking at a, like a full list of dreamworks movies, um, there are very, very few of these movies where I would have a hard time picking out the, um, the characters, based off of their uh, silhouettes alone,
0: yeah. And honestly, the agree with that.
1: the only ones that I feel I would have trouble with are maybe like the Prince of Egypt, Road to El Dorado, and Sinbad. Just because I feel like those are just very like, um, similarly animated. Mm, fair. But everyone else, like, I could pick them out in a heartbeat. Like, wouldn't even be kind of hard. I mean, because you got, like, iconic characters like the freaking Chicken Run people. Uh, Shrek. Like, anyone in Shrek. Uh, Shark Tale, Madagascar, Over the Hedge, frickin' uh, Wallace and Gromit, the Bee movie Kung Fu Panda, Monsters vs. Aliens, How to Train Your Dragon. Like, how... Y- you're telling me there's no way that you couldn't pick those people out of a lineup.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: And like, that's something DreamWorks, I think just excels at is their character design. Like, despite what you may feel about their movies, whether they, you think they're, like dumb or whatever the hell you may think of, of DreamWorks. There's one thing you can't argue with, and it's that they have iconic looking characters. Yep. And it's only in their early stuff where that you can't, where they're like, you could even get into an area where it's like, oh, that might be a little hard to distinguish. (laughs) Like there's nothing that they've made within maybe I'll also go as far as saying within the past five years where you'd have a hard time picking their characters out.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, so freaking props upon props when it comes to costumes. So what what are you thinking? Um. <sighs> I'd probably say, like, I'm at a nine. It's honestly about where I was at, too. Okay, sweet. Like, I think I was maybe, I may be like more leaning towards a nine and a half. That's if anything, but and I think the only reason it's just like kind of shy of a ten might be because of Jack Horner.
0: okay yeah i can I, I can agree with that
1: but yeah like they're freaking amazing um all right last up we got our own personal score um who do you want to take
0: this first uh you pick uh i, I can go first okay um overall such a great sequel i can't say enough good about this uh It's so great seeing Puss in Boots back. Um, Honestly, I've I've missed the Shrek franchise. I really have. So having one of the best characters uh, in that whole series um, get another um, movie to his own. um, Wow, another movie to himself. That's what that's what I was going for. um, Was fantastic, and it delivered. And then some, such a great sequel, uh, introduced some great new characters. Um, yeah, I, I really can't say enough good about this movie. Um, so, you know, I think I'm going to go a 91
1: for my personal score. Hmm. I'm actually just slightly lower than you. I'm sitting at a solid ninety all right hell yeah um like I said I had an absolute blast with this movie. It was a lot better than I was anticipating it to be and it just like it just surprised me in so many different aspects like the the story was well written and like I said like I covered it was just maybe a little busy but I mean that's just a a super minor complaint when all's real said and done but the, the the animation on this is what just blew me away like I love the updated animation style that Dreamworks is adopting even though it is it does feel very reminiscent of into the spider verse I'm not the least bit upset about it like if if this is the 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 animation style that DreamWorks wants to adopt from now on, I highly encourage it. It is so good, just visually stunning to look at in in all aspects. So loved it. Love the characters, love the voice acting, and yeah. And I think it says a lot that we that the acting was like our lowest score.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously though.
1: Like I think that just goes to show how how amazing this movie was. Um But yeah, so like I said, I'm giving it a, a 90. And since that concludes this week's breakdown. Um, going through our scores really quick. Um, starting off with story, we were st- started off on a very strong foot, sitting at a very solid ninety. Um, writing got a point higher, sitting at a ninety-one. Acting, like we said, got the lowest <laughs> of the of our scores, sitting at an eighty-eight point five. Acting or not acting character development got a significant bump sitting at a 94. The effects were just pure perfection sitting at a very solid 100. Uh, Music came down a little bit, even though they did have a really catchy tune and the soundtrack seemed to work fairly well. It wasn't something that was super memorable. Uh, So music sitting at an eight Uh, costumes, which this was just kind of covers character design for an animated film like this, uh, sitting at a solid nine. Um, and this is mainly just due to maybe the antagonist not looking the greatest, but everyone else looked very like iconic. And then our personal score averaged out to a 90.5. So with that, that has brought our Puss and Boots, The Last Wish, Albro's letter grade to an A minus. Hell yeah! Yeah, that that's freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, so Puss and Boots, The Last Wish. Is sitting at a 91.12%. Like I said, sitting at a very solid A minus. Um, so, comparing that to other A minus movies that we have scored, this puts it below Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, which is at a 91.2%. Any thought? All right, you just breathe oh. really heavy. <laughs> oh, I did. I'm sorry. To I didn't No, I thought I, you did. <laughs> oh, no, no, dude. I, I, I got nothing
0: for that. I mean, that's awesome for Shang Chi.
1: Yeah. Um. Let's see. It is also below Coco, which is at a 91.4. That's fair. Coco is. Oh God, I just love that movie. Um. It is also below the Batman, which is at a 91.62. Alright. It's below Logan, which is at a 91.81. And then finally, it is below Our Friend, which is at a 92.12. Alright. Yeah, moving the opposite direction, it puts it above Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is at a 91.1. Definitely agree with that. It is above How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which is at a 91.
0: Definitely agree with that one.
1: It is above Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which is at a 90.93. All right. Um, It is is above Turning Red, which is at a 90.87. Yeah, that's fair. And then finally, it is above Tusk, which is at a 90.79.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, right? So good. That That's awesome. All right. Well, um, I would say that that concludes this week's episode. Um, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, we are literally everywhere. Um, If you want to catch our episodes on YouTube, if that's your preferred listening platform, you can find us there. Um, If you want to follow us on social media, where you can DM us with episode ideas, answer our questions of the week. um, Or if you would like to join us, that is the best way to get in contact with us uh those include facebook facebook.com forward slash the twitter and instagram and TikTok at the all bros or if you prefer to email us if that's your preferred way to get in contact with us you can do so the all channel at gmail.com uh, if you want to check out our website you can do so tinyurl, tinyurl.com forward slash the all and if you want to check out uh, our merch store can find us at tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the allbros channel if you want to get some of Caleb's amazing art that he does for each and every episode because it is freaking amazing and like I've said I appreciate the hell out of him for doing it. Um next week on the podcast we'll be breaking down uh the newest uh Disney animated film uh Strange World uh which you can watch right now on Disney Plus um, cause we all know this movie did not do that well at all at the box office. Like, God damn. It
1: did so bad. Dude, people are, uh, s- spoiler alert, people are singing this movie's praises now that it's out on streaming and I don't think it deserves it. <laughs> Alright, well, let's see uh, if we both are not
0: the biggest fan of it cause I have not seen it yet. Um, so We shall see Um But until then Uh, this has been the All Bros Podcast I'm Jonathan
1: And I'm Caleb
0: And we'll catch you guys on the flippity flop Uh, bye I don't know what the hell that was (laughs) Deuces